You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. And welcome inside the Farm Bureau studios. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're here on a Saturday, a day early than Sunday coffee. I've got my strange brew coffee. Went down to the University Drive location and uh, picked up my tall boy of blueberry cobbler flavored coffee. Charlie, I, I thought about that this morning. Is uh, I almost just went with just some straight black coffee. But uh, I, I just can't waver away from what I normally get. I'm a creature of habit. You know, I made my own today. I went to Strange Brew the other day. For the first time, I bought the pods. And, and they're good. And today was the first day that I've used a Strange Brew pod. Okay. And the plain coffee. Plain coffee? Okay. okay. I, I bought, <clears throat> I've got some blueberry cobbler pods. And then I ran out of pods, and I was in the, the, the Kroger one day. And one of those off-brands, whatever, they have a blueberry. And so I got it. I drank it. But it's nowhere near as good and poignant. I like that you said the Kroger. The Kroger. Kind of like people say the Walmarts. Well, you got to put the S on the end. Kroger's. Yeah, the Kroger's. K. Roger. Um, and so, yeah, Strange Brew, those, those guys have been so great to us. in three locations, two here in Starkville, one and two below. All right, Charlie. Um, hey, we got two teams left in the College World Series or the Men's College World Series. Oh, my goodness. Was that necessary? I don't know if it was. Hey, so where we are the last CWS champions. Well, we got that for us, right? We got that going for us. So, so many debates right now about – and I, <laughs> yesterday, I got the one guy who I, I, I like a lot, and he was like, man, I tell you what, I can't believe all these Mississippi State fans are cheering for Ole Miss. Golly, I, I mean, you need to turn in your, your, your Bulldog Club card for cheering for them. Then I go to dinner last night, and – Guy was like, "Hey, you uh, you rooting for Ole Miss?" And I was like, "Nah, not really." And he was like, "Really? This is great for the state of Mississippi." So there are two different factions of people on this. Um, I I don't know if I'm in the middle. Do I want them to win? No. Am I sitting on the edge of my seat tonight? Probably not. And I talked to another good friend of mine the other day. He's like, and he brought this to light. I would probably feel a little bit different had we lost to Vanderbilt last year. But since we won it, um, eh, I'm just What's kinda, wrong with you? I'm kind of vegetable. What is wrong with I'm you? I'm a little vegetable lasagna on the no, deal. No, you're a little wrong on the deal is where you are. So let, let's distinguish between two things. First of all, there is a question of respecting your rivals. I, I think it was Thomas Jefferson. If you went in Monticello, he had his bust on one side, Alexander Hamilton on the other just staring at each other, looking right into each other's eyes, didn't get along. Is it Monticello or Monticello? It is Monticello. Okay. So I spoke to the curator. Okay. So I missed the H me. in there. Well, there it's, uh, it's I don't know, French or something. In okay. any event, the point of it is you can respect your rivals, and you can to some degree need rivals. And I'll be, I want to be very clear on this. I like a lot of guys on that team. And I don't mind the way – there have been plenty of times we've come in here and had rants, whether it was Tennessee or Tulane or Vanderbilt or whoever, about the way they played and the way they acted and what they did. I don't have any complaints. I, I've got nobody on that team that I say, that guy's a clown. That guy. No, y'all say this for Mike Bianco. 
the guy runs a tight ship. I think, and you know, I actually got a kick out when he went to the mound the other day, you know, get your act together. And this was on Twitter. And it's true. Everyone, I'm looking him straight in the eyes. They've got respect for him. I think he's a good coach. Would I do things differently? Sure. Do I think Ole Miss fans probably look at our team and say the same thing? I think they should. I think it's the same thing. I think it, it should be a mutual respect because I don't think we've got a bunch of guys. I, I, I think, if, I mean, of course, you can take clips of every team and somehow, some way during the 70 games they play, they may have done something. But I think it would be exactly the same for an Ole Miss fan to look at us last year and say, you know what, those guys play it the right way. Yeah, Tanner Allen. I mean, a lot of Ole Miss fans say just the same way I do about Tim Elko. But there's a difference in respecting your opponent. You know, Jimmy V and Coach K, they respected each other. But were they pulling for each other? Were they pulling for each other in rivalry games? I can't imagine a Duke fan sitting up saying, boy, I hope Carolina wins this thing tonight. I just don't think that's the way it works. Because I go back to this. You have to ask, in my mind, as a fan of this school, what is best for Mississippi State? Is it having your kind of closest rival? When you go to the golf course and you get your first birdie, do you want the guy playing with you to cover it up with a birdie right after you? Or do you want to have the honors on the tee a little while? It's just not good to elevate another program in the state. Now, that being said, I'm like you. I'm not going to wake up kicking the dog or anything because I don't dislike them. I like a lot of those guys. I like a lot of their fans. I mean, I don't hate that. I don't come to this saying they're bad for baseball or anything at all like that. It's This is not anti them. It's pro us. You like a lot of their fans? That was a strong statement right there. Now, I will say this. <laughs> I'm employed by a lot of their fans. <laughs> got, a, got a smile for it. <laughs> hey, so, you know, I, I think, too, and I will admit this, it is a little bit different for me. And because when you when you work around, it's almost like you're in a bubble sometimes. I'm not sitting beside that guy at work who has the next cubicle, who walks over and throws his head around. You know, you're in a safe space. I'm in a very safe space, and so I understand there are people in Madison and the Meridian and Tupelo and other places that live this a little bit differently than I do. Because if I think a lot of that is driven by the the outside fan support sometimes and I'm sure it's the same way with them you know you, you just hate to go into the office to see you know brother Bill who is the diehard Ole Miss fan who never walked a day on that campus for school you're thinking about Alabama now well but but there They've are got some too yeah we got some we got some too but that guy who constantly man hey well how's it feel to be home for a month hey we're still playing baseball over here boys you know I just I understand that there are a lot of people out there that feel differently. Now, if that was the case, I'd probably be sitting on the edge of my seat tonight, you know, with uh, with a boomer sooner. You know, I'd be loaning them that uh, that cart we had that one time, you know. We could probably <laughs> fish that thing out of the river and <laughs> send it over to Leah at uh, Oklahoma, let her do something with it again. That's right. Leah's up there. Yeah, so maybe she can go back-to-back. Back. Yeah, I mean, so um, – you know, there, there's a part of me that says, you know, do you want to be that trolling guy? I mean, do you want to drive, Charlie? I mean, if if Oklahoma wins the first game, and I mean, do we want to drive to Omaha and go to the Omaha team, uh, Oklahoma team hotel, and do a championship show? <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. It's not. This is not about hatred. I, my my bottom line question is though, what is best for us? And if you believe this idea that it's good for the state of Mississippi, how? I mean, do or all of a sudden, are we going to 
reverse our population losses and people are going to flood to the state to spend their dollars because we had two teams? Uh, You know, I just don't – I don't see the benefit to us for them winning. I'm not against them. I'm not – like I said, I'm not kicking the dog. I'm not locking the kids out of the house and screaming at the TV as I have been wont to do over the years. It's just – yeah, I I just don't understand the mindset. A lot of the – a lot of the old-timers, the quote-unquote old-timers, know this guy real well, Bob Tyler. He was a coach oh. here at State. And Bob Tyler coached at Ole Miss. You think he could have survived pretty well in the NIL days? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Bob Tyler. We'd yeah. had NIL in 74. We'd have been something. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, Bob, we, we had to forfeit some wins in there, so we probably had some NIL <laughs> stuff, you know. And so, Bob Tyler was a was – a, State guy and an Ole Miss guy. He coached at Ole Miss. He coached at State. And he had a famous quote. And he said, you know, whatever is good for us is bad for them. And whatever is good for them is bad for us. And when you play a rival that's within your state, there's no such thing as something good for them being good for you. And I thought that was – I mean, I've, I've time, kind of taken that. I mean, that was quoted 40 years ago. And it's still true today, really. Yeah, old Bob was on to something. Again, just ahead of his time, Bart. <laughs> just ahead of his time. You know, you think about that family. Remember his son played at Mississippi State for, what, two years and then transferred to Ole Miss? Was that Breck? Yeah. Yeah. And so I saw Coach Tyler not long ago. And, of course, he was inducted to the Mississippi State Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. Well, actually, last year. And saw him at that. And uh, But, no, I mean, I know a lot of people have different thoughts. And, and, and yeah, I, I go back to the point, Charlie, of – I live a different life than a lot of you out there just because I don't have to. Now, I've got some old Miss friends who will send me some texts every now and then. Not many. They understand what I do for a living. So, that, How about this? That being said, are you going are you, you're, so you're, uh, are you to wear the – what are they? Are they garnet? What is – what is are they I don't know what that cardinal? is. Cardinal? Yeah, you know, what it's is Florida Oklahoma? State that's garnet and gold. Arkansas is cardinal. Alabama is cardinal. I guess we better start. No, that's crimson. That's crimson. Yeah. We'll have to start learning all these things at some point before they get in the league. You know, my daughter, how about this? We always talk about the mixed marriages and those kind of things, state and Ole Miss people getting married. My daughter is in a wedding today that I think starts at 530 where the groom is an Ole Miss graduate. Well, there's a guy who didn't believe in his team. <laughs> you think they're going to be walking down the church Right about first pitch, that's going to be a blast. All right, so an, another question, and this is really you, know, you talk about somebody else's house here. Um, you know, so much was made a month and a half ago about Mike Bianco and about you know his future at Ole Miss. I mean, there's no, there's no surprise, and you know, there's just you know, we're not telling you anything you don't know. And a lot of people out there are saying, well, of course he saved his job this year. You don't know how much his job was in jeopardy. I don't know, but uh, there are some people who have probably posted some things on some Ole Miss message boards or trying to look for that delete button. It's a little bit typical, of, isn't it, of kind of the world where we are. Now, look, they haven't had – they've been a really good team. They haven't been to Omaha a bunch. And I understand the frustration of not getting there. I understand the frustration of watching a rival play for a championship. We sat here – Back around the time we were playing our series against them and said that program is dead, done, over. The comeback they've made is remarkable. And you got to give him – look, if you're going to give him blame, you got to give him the credit too. But it also shows you that this sport that we love so much 
is probably one of the most fascinating sports there is. And, you know, you can get hot. Baseball is all about confidence and late in the season and how many times. That's why Coastal Carolina wins a national championship, and that's why Fresno State wins a national championship. That's why Oregon State in 2008 wins a national championship. It's not about the full body. It's not about how you're playing halfway through the season, and you have an opportunity late in the year to go on a run like that. And I'll tell you what else it's about. Can you find somebody on the mound who just gets hot? Oh, yeah. And they've got one. Yep. We had it last year. They've got it this year. And the parallels between their team this year and ours are a little bit scary. We had our times last year where we weren't terribly happy about how things were going. We had a, a leader in a Tanner Allen. They've got their Elko. We've got some guys who we didn't think were playing as well as they could, but were certainly capable. That's where they've been. And then they got Delucia, yeah. who's just – I mean, he's right on path right now. They had to play the extra game. They had to use him in that game. Everything lines up, and if it gets to Monday, you'll see him again. On three-day rest, just like we saw Will Bednar last year. All right, so I, I guess you had anything else you want to say about Ole Miss and then Oklahoma? Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we will fish – that bandwagon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and we will ride it through campus, pulling it with a gator. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, instead of instead of the tumor's corner throwing the uh, – We're going to have to put it on a flatbed and drive it around. That's right. Now. We're going to drive it around start. We'll fish that thing out. So, all right, man. Um, what else going on? Well, hey, I was coming in, and you see – I got to thinking about you because you're always now that you're becoming a, you've always got like this country influence to you. Wow! But now that you're steering into the country boy skid, and you have moving to Nanawaya, and I hear you all the time talking about growing a garden and all this stuff. I thought about you driving in because I drove by the farmers market that they've got going on. One of the things they always do in Starville Saturday mornings, and the I mean, tell you, there are people who live for that, who that's, go and buy that, their produce and that kind of thing. That's my competition. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, they're not my rivals. Not yet. You're not pulling for them, right? <laughs> yeah. This is the Nanawaya Farmer's Market <laughs> pull against them. So I got to thinking about that, though, because I thought about stopping by, but I need to get here to do this. And then I got to think about what would I buy. It just looks like a place I want to go. But then I got to thinking about what is the most likely and the least likely produce that you would ever buy at a farmer's market and i have mine okay uh my least here's what i would buy is i would buy something that's too hard for me to grow you know, you know what i'm saying something that may be a little bit tough in the field i would buy hmm i don't know what you're gonna i would buy corn and here's the reason i and would that's mine is it really 100 percent okay. sweet corn sweet corn i would buy corn and I, I i grow a bunch of corn i do I grow a lot of white corn, field corn that you know you dry out and you use that for feed a little bit later on. You can actually grind it up with. You can take it down to Cyples Mill. I don't know if you ever been to Cyples Mill in Kemper County. It started like in the eighteen hundreds. An old grist mill. You might as well be speaking Greek right now. Okay, but you can take it down there and they can they'll grind it up in the cornmeal for you. Absolutely. I mean that's old school stuff right there. Uh, Do you have, grind the husk up and everything? No, 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 no. You no, have no. to take the corn off? You take the corn off. I've got a little contraption that takes the corn off the cob as it's dry. But the reason I say I would buy sweet corn at the um, at the market 
is because if there is anything that I hate to do from a farming standpoint, it is shuck corn and get the, and silk it and get the silk out. You know what I'm saying? I hate. So you can buy it at the farmer's market without that on it? I would think you could. I see. Every time I've gotten it from there, it had the had the whole yeah had the whole thing. Well, see now, but see, and I'll throw it on the grill that way. William, you kind of open it up, take the silk off, then wrap it back up. See, I actually take it, and when I put it on the grill, I actually take it. You know, when it's like full, like the corn cob, wrap it up in tinfoil. And I know a lot of people keep it in the husk as well. That's just not my technique. It all comes back to technique. I'm just I'm trying to figure out, you know, something that I just don't want to do, and that's that's shut corn. Um, My least likely, okra. Really? Yeah, I don't know how to. How I don't to, know what to like. I love okra. I love fried okra. You can fry okra, but you I can, don't know what to do with it if I buy it. You can take it and cut. I just it up. know how to like open the bag. You know, the, there's a lot of people that boil okra. Boil, boil, boil. That's a tough word, um, but. Um, some, but it's slimy to me. But I, you can cut it up and you can fry it, like you just said. Um, you can fry it whole and put some, you know, some rub on it. It's kind of like the the barbecue okra that you have down at the restaurant, Tyler. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's that's phenomenal stuff. So, all right, let me ask you. I don't want anything. Time. I don't want anything. I got a shell. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So let, let me change topics on you because I had somebody ask me last night. They we my wife and I went to dinner. We were talking to people. And they asked the question, and you kind of hit on this a minute ago, are you so far removed, like kind of living in the bubble, that you're not a fan? I mean, do you, as a broadcaster, like, do you lose your fandom? And I was like, absolutely not. Oh. You, you try to bury it only <laughs> while you're on the air. But no, absolutely not. So that got me thinking. I was looking back at old baseball cards. Did, was it you telling me that you had, like, old state baseball cards, by the way? I do. I've got a box of baseball cards that are under my desk at work, and I don't know how they got there. And they're used, I think they're like 87, 88, 89, and they're Donruss and some tops. And then there's, like, two packs of Mississippi State baseball cards from, like, 1988 and 1989. And every now and then I'll just reach down in the box and just pick up about a handful just to see who they are. It may be Chris Chambliss, and it may be Candy Maldonado. It may be, you know, just – it may be Joel Matthews, the second baseman for Mississippi State. You, you never know who it's going to be. That would be pretty fun. We need to do that. I would love it if you brought those 89-90 baseball cards – and let's just pick one out of the stack and see what we remember. Oh yeah. You know, you you pull a Jimmy Gamble card. You know, you could we could have some fun there. David Mitchell card. Yeah. You know, Steve Polk card. <laughs> and that'll that's some of our guys, right? He was my old coach at baseball camp. So yeah, so let's do that. That'll be a good summer thing. Go through your box of baseball cards. Chili Davis. Kent Tacolvi. Kent Tacolvi. Remember Gene Garber? Yes, sir. All right, Sidewinder. So, all right, see, so Gene Garber was an Atlanta Brave. So that gets me also on the same topic, kind of where I was going. I was trying to think of the most fan-like things I've ever done and, like, the biggest fan grudges that I've ever held. Hey, wh- where would you fall on that? The fan grudges? My fan grudges were probably, I would say, UNLV basketball, 1990, maybe, just because they played with more of a swagger. And that was, um, I guess uh, that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Was, was that the Larry Johnson? Larry and, Johnson, uh, Stacy Augman, and that uh, and who, who was the Shackle guard? Was it, how was Greg it? Anthony was Greg on Greg Anthony was on that team. Greg Anthony was on that team. 
Um, because I, I kind of you know, fell in love like a lot of people did with Loyola Marymount. You know, when the Hank Gathers and the Lynn Bias. Bo Kimball, no, Lynn no, Bias. No, Lynn Bias was the Celtics guy. It was um, He was Maryland. Uh, Bo yeah, Kimball. but he was drafted by the Celtics, Lynn Bias, right? He was. And passed away. Who was that passed away at Marymount? Hank Gathers. Hank Gathers passed away. Bo Kimball was the guy shooting Make, the free throws left-handed. left-handed. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't like uh, I didn't like UNLV. I know that's really, really random right there. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think if I had any any people that I just really didn't like. I, I was not a – I started not liking the Braves when the Braves got good. I liked Bob Horner, and I liked uh, Dale Murphy, and I liked, you know, Bruce Benedict. Rafael Ramirez, Pasquale R- Perez. Yeah, I liked all those guys when they were bad. So next year – will mark the 40th anniversary of one of the great sports grudges that I've ever held, and it involves the Atlanta Braves. Okay. I was 1983. I'm 11 years old. And remember, we all had the Superstation, right? That, and that's where I was. WGN. So we all, we all liked the Braves. Well, I liked the Cubs. And I was a Yankees guy. I tried to be a Cubs guy. The problem was you just couldn't watch them as much. And so at night, you got the Braves, but the Cubs didn't have lights at the time, so you couldn't see them as much. And so I, was, I watched the Braves every night, and one of my favorite players was Brett Butler. You remember Brett Butler, the center fielder? Absolutely. Went on to play with Will Clark at San Francisco. So he got traded. The Atlanta Braves traded three players, including Brett Butler, to the Cleveland Indians for a pitcher named Lynn Barker. Lynn Barker had thrown a perfect game. He was kind of at the high-water mark of his career. And he was garbage once he came to the Braves. But I was a big Brett Butler fan. An 11-year-old Charlie Winfield wrote a letter to Ted Turner. I resigned my fandom of the Atlanta Braves. And I told them that as long as either of us was living, I would never pull for the Braves again. Let me ask you this. Percentage, percentage chances that Ted Turner ever saw that? I'd like to think that's what sent him into a downward spiral and <laughs> and – and curse the franchise. You want to know why they couldn't win more with Maddox and Avery and Glavin and Smoltz? Because they didn't have – Because I put the curse on them when I was 11 years old. But by then they had Marquise Grissom. Well, he was no Brett Butler. No. He'll never be – that's the thing. You know, in reality, if I pulled up his stats, he was probably about a 270 hitter and just okay. But in my memory, Brett Butler was what a center fielder should have been. You know, uh, that's kind of along the lines of you start thinking about fandom. I think about my, my buddy Tony Mancuso, who uh, used to drive from Atlanta every now and then for a Tuesday night basketball game and then just turn around and drive back. Have you ever done anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so 2004, and this goes back, honestly, to me moving back to Startville. I was living in Dallas, working with a law firm there. This was the Lawrence Roberts, Timmy yeah. Bowers, Winsome Frazier, all those guys, Shane Power. And, of course, Brandon Vincent that everybody likes to talk about. But I got up. We played Arkansas. I think it was the first SEC game of the year. I got in my car. I drove to Startwell from Dallas. I went to the game. I walked back to my car, and I drove back to Dallas. And somewhere around Tyler, (laughs) somewhere that Longview, Tyler area where I'm seeing double, I just like something has to change. Either you got to just chill out and quit being – so in love with this or you got to move yeah so here i am well i've never done anything like that not that i know of now i guess the craziness the most crazy thing i've ever done is getting in my car and 
1999 and going to Tuscaloosa knowing how the end was going to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I knew I knew what was going to happen. Um, you didn't put like hashtag we believe and no, that was like be- shoe polish on the back windshield or anything. Thank goodness that was before Twitter and uh, and, and hashtags. Hey, so w- let's talk Mississippi State baseball for a minute. I'm not ready to dig into football just yet. We're I saw Will Rogers is down at the Manning Passing Academy and. But, look, we, we're going to have time. It hadn't hit July yet, but we'll have plenty of time to talk football. We'll know more about our basketball team come August and say, well, why don't you know much now? We still don't know what the roster is going to be. Chris Jans has said several times, don't be shocked if we sign somebody after school starts. So it's a it's a different world. We don't exactly know where we're going to be there. Um, I do want to talk baseball one more minute because we are in the time right now, and if, hey – Good news, I guess we're at least using the time to be recruiting, and we're out looking for guys and combing the portal and staying aware and all those things. We need guys. Are you concerned a bit that we yesterday saw Tommy White and Christian Little say that they're going to LSU and we haven't seen anything? Do you, do you think we've got some stuff maybe that's coming? You know, what's your take on where we are right now? Well, I think yesterday did cause some angst with uh, with a lot of people because, you know, what was said about Tommy White is when he left NC State. Going to Florida State, going isn't going to take her call, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to the state of Done Florida. Done deal. Done deal. And so you, you kind of wonder what the coaching change down there did. And then, you know, Christian Little going in the portal was kind of a surprise at Vanderbilt. Um, you, you kind of begin to ask yourself questions about, I hate to say it like this, but there's a lot of reasons guys transfer if they're already out of Power Five. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's is, there's a reason some guys go to junior college, and there's a reason some guys transfer. And I can't figure out Christian Little about wanting to transfer from Vanderbilt if unless there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Yeah, you kind of wonder if there's some locker room issues there. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the what the. Could you imagine like? And I, I mean Preston Johnson transferring out, or you know one of your big time arms, and an elite program transferring. Something is not something swimming there. Well, what about Tommy White? Isn't something a little bit off there? Where a guy is playing in a Power Five school that last year was in the World Series that leads the country at least a freshman record for home runs, and now all of a sudden he's leaving, and it's not like. You could say, well, I think one of the big things you go back to and why do guys move, a lot of them want to win. Right. But there's no more demonstrated success at LSU as of late than NC State. Yeah. And so when he went to LSU yesterday, that was kind of a surprise. And and then, of course, the, the back channel, you know, message board fodder about how much money. That say he, any of the reasons green? Yeah, that, that may be it. From an NIL standpoint, we start talking about NIL. And, hey, let me tell you this. I mean. Hey, they've put money into it. Yeah. Let's. There's money. And so people have been talking about Arkansas. People have been talking about, you know, the NIL money of Tennessee and the things of that nature. I mean, this, there hadn't been a whole lot of talk down in Baton Rouge. You know, they've been quiet down there. I mean, it's Well, you know what that results from? At LSU, when there is not noise coming out, what that tells you is? They're grinding. They don't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the confidence. What you're seeing with their quiet is some confidence. They're in panic. There's – there's an investment going on. Now, there also has to be. You look at that program right now and you say, why are they losing their assistant coaches? Uh-huh. 
you know, you wonder what's going on there. And sometimes people leave for better opportunities. Sometimes they get out and make lateral moves. I'll leave all that aside. But here's the bottom line. I'll tell you right now, it isn't over with the big names going to LSU. It isn't over. And I was reading on the some, you know, Twitter and the Internet yesterday, and I'll just say it this way. Um, we are not going to compete at the level we need to because we have a nice stadium. Look, Boston Garden was a dump. People wanted to play for the Celtics. Yankee Stadium in 2009 was a dump. They won the World Series, and they had plenty of guys through the mid-'90s. We love that stadium, but it's not – in today's world, that's not the deal that a lot of our fans – like, you know, we like to have this idea of, well, who wouldn't want to play here? Well, I would, all other things being equal. But when all other things aren't equal – Yeah. Guys want to win, and guys in in the baseball world – where it's not a full scholarship sport. Don't and want I, to pay to go to school. And I, I think about, you know, everybody talks about you know, the college athlete and, and things of that nature, which I understand as far as, you know, getting paid in the NIL world. But I also talk about, think about so many of these baseball guys that we thought that they were baseball quote-unquote gods when they were out here. And then when they finished and they got drafted – and they're going and playing in the minor leagues, and they're using their uncle's truck to come back to campus because they can't afford a car, because they're paying off student loans, because they don't have money. In, in, in all honesty, they, they don't have it. And in summer ball, they go play summer ball during the summer. They don't have a chance to have that summer job to make up for it on the, on the opposite side. And so you do have some baseball guys out there, and baseball is different, because their families have invested so much in travel ball to get to that point. And then all of a sudden, you get in the NIL world where LSU or Arkansas or whoever is offering X amount of dollars. Hey, you can get a, you can get deals like this. This these are what deals are being made with our baseball guys. And then, hey, yeah, you know, I've already got thirty thousand dollars in student loans. That's going to help me a little bit. Yeah, and we just won't be able to solve it with. When are other people going to get their act together and do something? That's the thing I've heard more than anything. Is hey man, you know where, where are we and where you know why aren't our big donor quote unquote big donors giving? And, and let me tell you, there have been from what I understand, and I'm not speaking speaking for you right here. I mean, there have been some people who have done some great things and continue absolutely, to, conti- absolutely, and continued to do some great things. But there's a lot of people out there right now that are really good at spending other people's money. Well, I'll tell you one thing I did this week. I actually, on Wednesday of this week, hosted a Zoom luncheon for startable businesses. And we had, I think, 68, 70 maybe, um, different local businesses who signed up. I did an hour-long presentation on NIL. Not so much of, here's what NIL were, you know, not like our podcast. But basically what I did was, your local businesses, here's how we can use athletes to help you. And a lot of times it's relatively inexpensive and it's going to get attention. If you've got a local restaurant and you do a deal with a player, not only is it going to hit their social media, which people watch, it's going to get retweeted by all the news outlets, all the sports columnists and things like that, and it's going to get attention. And so I'm hoping, and I'm very optimistic too about some of the conversations that we had in that meeting that people will understand just locally. We go back to, hey, it would be good for Mississippi to win a 
for Ole Miss to win the World Series. I tell you what would be good for Mississippi, at least Starkville and the Mississippi State, is to host a regional and to host a super regional. And if you want a business around here, you ought to feel that. And so I tried to convey some of those things, and actually I'm very optimistic. I feel very good. But, again, that's if you think of your golf bag, what can you have, 14 clubs? Right, that's just addressing one of the clubs. <laughs> we got we got to put a lot more clubs in the bag in a lot of other ways. And one of the, I think the most frustrating thing that I've heard said to me was, well, nobody's asked me. I'm asking. <laughs> that's because we need people to sprint to the problem here. Yeah, and I've I've never you know, and being involved in fundraising for a long time, you know, that excuse to me has always been a tough one to swallow because you know where we are. You know what I'm saying? You know where we as a fundraising organization, you know where we are. And, hey, I have some – there's – hey, you can just call in and say, hey, I have some questions or shoot a text or shoot a, you know, or email or whatever and say, hey, I have some questions about this instead of holding up and saying, hey, nobody's asked me. Well – And I, I want to be real clear, though. I don't want to diminish at all the, the good things. We've, we've had a lot of people oh, yeah. give us a ton of help. And yes, we are moving in a very good direction. Yes, everything is in a positive way. I don't, I don't want to come across as negative at all. But, but just, just looking from the outside, looking at what you guys are doing right now, it just seems like there's a lot of positive momentum. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where you just—it's like basketball. It's like baseball. You can always use another starting pitcher. You know, even if you're the Yankees, you need one more in the rotation. We still need some. We still need some guys in the rotation. The good news is we've had some people step up and make you feel pretty good. But my analogy, we need, we need some more guys kind of jumping in and helping. But the people who have been helping have been great. Yep, they have. And the especially the people that helped us as far as I think of uh, Mosquito Joe, I think of our good friends at Bank First, not from an NIL perspective, but from here on a podcast perspective, our good friends at Tracks Plus, Farm Bureau. Of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Just uh, the city of Startwell, org. We talk about the community market, the uh, the farmer's market going on actually right now here on a Saturday morning. And so just so many uh, great uh, great friends that we've had. And so we're going to gear up yeah, for going fo- to Two Brothers today. Are you really? Yeah, it's my day. I went to Two Brothers yesterday. You're a Friday guy. I'm a Friday guy at Two Brothers. I am a creature of habit. Two Brothers on Friday, Strange Brew Coffee on Sunday. And so – you know, that was one of those things, and that was uh, how you change. You know, I, I am a creature of habit. And I think back to 2000 when I first started working for Jim Ellis. And Jim always wore wore a button-up button shirt and a tie every day. He was the consummate professional, okay? And this was host communication days when we were doing ad sales, okay? And I know there's a lot of people out there who are going to say, man, you ought to dress for success every single day. I understand that. But I remember the second summer where I looked at Jim and said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to, on Friday, we ought to wear collared shirts, just polo shirts, no tie, no tie Friday. And he was like, okay, I like that. So we got to working there for about a month or so, about four or five of those Fridays where we wore a collared shirt. And so then it gets to the fall. We go back to the shirts and the ties. And then the next summer rolls around. He says, hey, we're going to do those polo shirts on Friday. I said, I'll tell you what, I got an idea. Let's flip the script a little bit because we didn't, you know, have any backlash on the Fridays. Let's just do a tie Tuesday. And so let's wear polo <laughs> shirts. Tuesday. Yeah. I like that. So, so let's, wear, let's wear polo shirts on Monday, 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we'll wear ties on Tuesday. Oh, okay. I like I like that. I like that. Three weeks later, we were polos across, man. So anyway, we were a creature of habit, but we can change. A tie Tuesday. I'm gonna maybe invoke that around here. Around here? Yeah. Maybe you and I to start having tie I'm, Tuesday. Well, I'm I'm not recording on Tuesdays if that's the case. Oh, okay. I do know a 35-year-old right now that does not know how to tie a tie. Can you tie a bow tie? Oh, yeah. You can tie a bow tie? Yeah, absolutely. I can't tie a bow tie. Like riding a bike, man. I I don't wear bow ties. It doesn't fit me. I haven't worn a bow tie since I was in college, but I could still still knock one out. Speaking of bow ties, Rebels and Sooners tonight. Boomer Sooner. (sighs) Boomer. Hey, enjoyed it. Good to get together as well. We'll be back uh, next week and um, talk a little bit about, and hopefully we're in a good mood. And hopefully um, the boomers have have taken care of, of business. But if they haven't, I am not going to kick my dog. I am not going to yell at my kids. I may I yell, might at, yell at your kids. I may yell at my kids for other things other than that happening. So I enjoyed it. Appreciate you guys listening to us, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.